Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petrellis, and we are super excited for today's episode. Uh, you know, someone who I've had the pleasure of kind of really following on social media, chatting with, DMing for, for a while now, and just very complimentary towards each other and helpful. Uh, super guy. So I'm super excited about him uh, being on here today. And before we jump into him real quick, I just want to give a shout out to the Ford Tavern. Uh, we had our third annual cornhole for communication cornhole tournament. Uh, our 16 teams, it was a loaded tournament this year. We had some real good teams coming from all over the place. Um, but it was an amazing event. They they had us, you know, the outside patio, the food service, the drink service, just even participating in the event, having a team playing in it with us. Uh, it was just a really fun time to have like a new home for this event and to see it grow more and more. And we're excited. One of our championship teams, they work at an elementary school and they are very interested in a communication board. Uh, so we're excited to be able to hopefully help that school out and, and get one in there for them. So uh, overall, great event. We just just wanted to shout them out because man, I, I'm still still loving it. So wish I could go back and go to it again because it was a real fun time. But uh so thank you for Tavin for for welcoming us at beyond and and again teaming up with the Doug Foodie Foundation uh was a lot of fun. So um but back to our guest sorry to to put you to sleep a little bit there but uh to me one of the best trainers in Massachusetts around boxing trainers uh is growing quickly if you follow them on social media I feel like in a blink of an eye they're following shot up so we'll definitely be talking about that today but really training some championship fighters you know and and people that are going to be battle tested or be battle tested over the next month or so or even the next few days or so so uh we're really excited to have him on today like i said i think one of the top boxing trainers around so without further ado danny oliver my brother <laughs> what's going on man what's cracking dog yeah i want a uh, piece of that one hole champion before we even get into my stuff I mean, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, the team that won yesterday, they lost like early. They It's a two-game elimination, so they might have lost like their second or third game, but then they just like mowed teams down. And then the team that they beat in the finals, they had to beat them twice, and they beat them twice. Like it was – How old are these kids? They were on. They were – and they're – yeah, like uh, I would say like they were in their 30s, you know, so a, a couple okay. that uh, – I was going to say, even if they're 12 and they beat me, I have no problem hitting the 12-year-old. <laughs> No problem. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, but no, this is good to know. Next year's tournament, I'll have to go then back to the tape on this and remind you of this now, you know? Now I'll have, have a, a broken hand that week. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. You might have an event that day. You might have an event that day. So. Yeah, with all these fighters. I don't know, bro. They just keep coming at me. I know. I know. So let's talk about it a little bit. I mean, I know you got a lot of stuff coming up. But I, yep. you know, I have a big fan base that's excited about this boxing episode. I love being able to have, you know, boxers. And I've had some MMA fighters on, too. So it's excited to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about sure. what I think is a sport that is just putting your body through. Just I can't even imagine you think about it and then some. Right. Uh, but for you, you obviously and I know we're not going to talk a lot about this. But you're a great boxer yourself. But for you, when did you say to yourself, Man, boxing's been in my blood for X amount of years. I think I have the ability now to kind of open up a gym and begin to yeah. train fighters and train them to fight at these big fights or these next levels and the move in, move up in their divisions. Yeah, I um. So my grandfather was a pro fighter. Okay. And my father was a pro fighter. Um, my cousin Michael is his resume is a laundry list. Um, he was the captain of the um. U.S. Olympic team for Taekwondo. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He actually trained Joe Rogan. No kidding. Yeah. And then Joe trained me for like seven years. 
So yeah, yeah when I was on the my... podcast to talk about it, I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, he's, he's brought me up. He's brought me up once. <laughs> he didn't say me by name, so I kind of got a little upset about that one. But he's brought me up. Yeah. He said a tough little kid from Medford. Yeah, I said you couldn't draw my name, bro. Wow, that's awesome. Do you you have that? Is that like on record? Have you heard that? Oh, dude, I played for everybody when I was. Oh single. my god, I gotta hear this. I gotta hear this. Yeah, he's um he's an interesting guy. Yeah, yeah, but he knows his stuff. That's for sure. I mean, he's so brilliant, right? I mean, I just sometimes listen to the depths of conversation that he can have with people. It is just like remarkable that he is yeah. just so knowledgeable, very intelligent. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I I went to uh, Taekwondo to get my footwork better for boxing. A lot of boxers do like they. You've heard of people ballet and yeah, yeah, all different yeah. types of you know dance. I I couldn't find myself in a tutu, bro. <laughs> I just couldn't do the tutu. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're wearing all Gucci right now, so I imagine you only look great when you're. Well, it's only because I knew I was going to go on with you. Yeah. I shop for you, homie. And, and, you, and you have the most sophisticated iPad maybe on the planet. Um, your iPad, actually, the camera moves to, like, where you are. Like, you walked off screen before this started, and then it just, like, moved back to center stage. And the second you started walking towards your iPad, like, the, the camera immediately just, like, locks in on you and goes up. Like, it's, I mean, it's I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> the Apple 37 that you have, yeah. or something right now. futuristic. <laughs> Nowadays, all the conspiracies, the aliens probably are in this. Thing. I mean, yeah, they maybe just messed your iPad up and gave you the wrong technology. <laughs> like it's the other Apple iPad on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, but honestly, jumping back to you just a little bit, obviously. You, like I know for coaching, for example, like when you take over a program and you think you can compete and you change your schedule a little bit and you're like, all right, let's play with some of the big teams here and see what we got. Yeah. I mean, for you, you're obviously opening up this facility and you, you, your family's the Mona Lisa Vita of, of boxing. Like you got, you, it's in your family, it's in your blood. Um, it's a, my cousin Vinny reference. I don't know if you, if you thought <laughs> that one, but. <laughs> <laughs> i got you i'm with you i'm so focused right now bro i'm focused on what you're i saying. love it i love it so but i i mean that very complimenting me it's in your blood so like for you like what is it that maybe because there's a lot of different coaching styles out there so for you like sure. what is it about your style and your facility that maybe is just different or just what people would expect to go in there and be trained like someone like you or people on your team sure um you know, there's different gyms out there that you kind of know are known for certain styles. You know what I mean? Not not entirely, but like for the most part, like hypothetically, you go to a, a Mickey Wood, you know, they're teaching that liver shot. Just hypothetically. You know what I mean? Or there's tournaments we go to and we know we're fighting certain gyms and you're like, oh, we're in for a long night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, as far as my style, I, I, I try to really get everybody involved. Uh, the coaching aspect, I work on a lot of footwork. Mm -hmm. I think footwork can get you in and out of trouble. You know, for example, you could have the best right hand in Massachusetts. If you don't have that footwork to deliver that rocket, what's the point of having it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. And we just had a kid actually this weekend that um, phenomenal footwork. His name's <laughs> Rob DeBonis. He just won the New England title Saturday. His footwork is phenomenal. Is that your fighter? Is that your fighter? Yes. Yeah, you were talking. Yeah, that's my. That's that was my, we that's were my talking thorough. about before. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's my thoroughbred. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, 
good kid, Linfield kid, local kid. So what did but he win? What like weight? What weight class is he? He was a one seventy six open class um, title, which is the most prestigious title you can have in uh, New England as an amateur. How do you? Yeah. He a uh, unanimous decision. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Two of my boys hosted it. Um, it was at Melrose Memorial Hall. Okay. So it's a real old school venue. Yeah, they do yeah. a killer job. It's um, but get to get back to what your original question was. Yeah. Um, different gyms, like I said, have different styles, and you know, you go into different. You look right on the boat sheet. Everybody does it, whether they say it or not. You look on that boat sheet. You know who we fight. Oh, we're fighting this gym. Like I said, shh, we're in for a headache tonight. Yeah. Like my buddies, they're two of my best friends. They helped me out so much in this sport. I'm gonna touch on them. When I first opened this gym. Just like anything else in life, you know, people are going to hate on you a little bit. Anything new, you know, people are afraid of anything new. Yeah, change is different, yeah. Just, and I get it, you know, to a point, I'm the same thing. If it's new, it's, eh, let me test this out. Let me see if I like it. These two guys, the Nolan brothers, they're out in uh, Waltham. Mm -hmm. They took me right in. You know what I mean? Really helped me out on every aspect of boxing. And uh, just phenomenal guys, phenomenal trainers. I hate fighting their people because yeah. they're great coaches. You know, they know they have that fam They have the same atmosphere as us, like that family community atmosphere. So, you know, when you go, there's going to be a million of them and a million of us. Yeah. So, you know, that crowd factors in just like every other sport. Now, when you go, like when you go against other fighters and you see who their trainers are, like I know coaching wise, when I see a certain coach, I'm like, all right, this is what we're going to get. Is that yes. kind of like for you, like training, being like, all right, I know his fighters. If nothing else, they're going to be X, Y, and Z. So correct for that. Yeah, well conditioned. They're going to have a great jab. Um, they're going to go to the body a lot. They're going to bull rush in. Yeah. They're going to be slick. You know what I mean? There's, for the most part, you can't really, you know, but for the most part, yeah. That's the I way. Think, I is there a trainer out there that right now that like when you go against this fighter, you're always like, ugh, we're in for like. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of them, but like, is there one that like really stands out a little bit? I mean, just my boys, the Nolan brothers, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they we're, um we've only fought them twice, yeah. but I know they have that community atmosphere. They know their shit. Yeah. You know, they're two brothers. So you're getting a two headed monster. Right. You know what I mean? Two minds that think similar. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But they're the best, you yeah. know? Now, for you, like, obviously, you you have a mentality and you have a way that you want to train or a way that you run your facility. Like, I like head coaches, like, you surround yourself with assistant coaches that kind of buy into the program or buy yeah. into it. So, for you, like, how do you then build a consistent staff behind that? Because, obviously, you have a vision and you have a mission. Of course. So, you have a so, style. So, it has to, like, fit, right? I mean, that's – Kind of to go with, like, what you were just saying. I mean, yeah. every – that works here so i have two of my cousins working there okay you know what i mean and they were elite basketball players yeah. so for example i believe in i don't know if i'm assuming you do know this but like in the belichick method where like i know they're better at me at certain things yeah so i have them focus on that yeah. then i have a d1 football player here i have him work on the strength yeah you know what i mean agility strength gotcha. my conditioning and then i'll work on the technique okay 
So, so I mean, for, so for you, like, is I, I, I'm just assuming here, are you just looking for athletes? Like when you necessarily like in certain areas, like if, if I make, you know, what's, that. it's funny you brought that up. Cause I just had this conversation say a week ago. Right. Yeah. If you really look at boxers, they're not athletic humans. I mean, obviously you have your Roy Jones, your Manny Pacquiao's, your Floyd Mayweather's who play basketball as well. But rare, but rare. Exactly. Like, can you picture Mike Tyson playing basketball? No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can you picture, I'm trying to think of a mainstream guy that you would know, Canelo Alvarez playing baseball? No, I mean. You know what I mean? So for the most part, what I look for is heart. Yeah. How much, uh, I'll clean this up for you. How much heart do you have? Yeah. When you get popped in the face, right? Yeah. Are you coming back? Sometimes I'll keep somebody in that ring. They come over to me. They gap. <laughs> yeah. Nope. You're going another one. Now, if they say I can't do it no more. Yeah. Uh, I feel it. I have a little girl, Katie, who was actually supposed to fight in this New England tournament. Um, and about, I'll say a month ago when she was getting ready, she came over to me. She's the little girl on the, um, on my Instagram. Okay. Yeah. The blonde. Yeah. I mean, pop. straight monster, yeah. Yeah. straight monster. Yeah. But she comes over to me. I think I had her go five hard rounds. Now you don't think when you think two minutes, everybody thinks eh, it's two minutes, get in there and show me just two minutes. <laughs> right. It's like a two minute sprint. Right. Yeah. So she looks at me. Another gym was over here and the other gym coach said, we're going to send her out. Good. Danny, we're sending her out. And I went, I looked at Katie. I said, Katie, come on. She goes, I don't know if I have another one in me. She looked me dead in the eye. She goes, I got you. She went right out up, right again. So, I mean, that that's where I tested. If she looked at me and I love her like a little sister and she looked at me and she said, Dini, I I just can't. I'm sorry. Not as a person, but as a fighter, I would have looked at her differently. Yeah. However, she said, I got you. And it made me look at her. She gained more of my respect if that was even possible that night. Right. And she's so helpful. And that's it. I mean, so, I mean, I'll probably ask you this a couple different ways because maybe I won't ask you the right way the first time. I'm used to attorneys. Let's go. (laughs) So for you, I mean, what, so you obviously train a lot of fighters, but when, when do you know that you have a fighter that just kind of has it? Like that's just maybe a little different or like, okay, this, this person, not necessarily with more training, but just this person, you might look at him from a whole standpoint, from marketing to boxing to, I mean, does that exist or what just makes people different, I guess, in general? I think this goes back to what we were just saying, I guess, heart and athleticism. I mean, obviously somebody has heart that makes a fighter, right? Yeah. But if you add that sick athleticism to that, I mean, look at Roy Jones. I mean, that just is another level. And people say, no, he wasn't a good boxer. He was just athletic. Yeah. That's like saying Shaquille O'Neal wasn't a good basketball player. He was just big. Right. No, but he, but he's big. You can't yeah. take that away from him. Right, exactly. Like there's a young kid that comes in here, Chase Lapori, right? And he's I've had him since he was 12. He came in the minute I held mitts for him, right? Yeah. I called his father right away. I said, hey, keep him down here. He's, gonna, he's special. Yeah. So... I didn't know if he thought I was being a little bit biased because I love the family, right? Right. So about two months ago, I take him over to my boys, the Nolan brothers. Yeah. And they came over to him. They go, he's 15. What? Wait, what? 14. What? 
I said, yeah. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. I said, can you do me a favor? Tell his father what you just told me so it doesn't look like I'm biased. Yeah. He just has it. Like, yeah, I, I can't explain it. The kid Rob has it. Like, he comes in and he listens, coachable. You know what I mean? They're athletic yeah. humans. And it's just something that, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, some boxers don't have. Yeah, It's genetically. You're born with athleticism or you're not. You can't teach athleticism. You can't teach art. Now, you mentioned something about speed earlier and footwork, right? Yeah. I mean, what is what is it that you would work with boxers specifically? I mean, footwork is obviously really important. A lot of sure. sports, there's a lot of different ways to work it. I mean, in boxing, how do you work like faster feet? Faster feet? I mean, there's, a, there's ladder drills. Um, so similar a- to what you maybe would do like in a lot of other sports, like, um, or, I'm going to, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the basic ladder drills. Okay. Cause I can't give you that special sauce on the air. I listen. I, I can't it. give you that special sauce, bro. Yeah. And that's fair. That's really fair. I, I'm asked, I ask questions cause sometimes you get like really genuine into it. I'm like, I will tell you this. this. I will yeah. tell you this. My little brother is a yeah. Harvard doctor. Okay. Right. And he works with the San Francisco 49ers as a strength and conditioning specialist. So a lot of stuff we get is from him. Now, he goes on to another planet, right? Because he believes in the, which is true. I believe in this too. I don't think it's a conspiracy, but the brain and the body working is one. So like, for example, he just told me about a study that just came out where um, the UFC fighters only wear three ounce gloves, I believe, right? Where a boxer would wear 10. And they asked the UFC guy, what if you put on boxing gloves? He goes, I'd crush somebody. Yeah. And they said to him, but you have three ounce gloves on. And my brother explained to me, he said, no, because the human brain wants to protect the body automatically. So the brain knows to pull back a little bit because in fear of those knuckles getting hurt. Wow. I know that's a little too much. I mean, no, I'm like really intrigued. I'm like, wait, so that means because it makes sense that you're I mean, your brain is connected to your body. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why people can still live without their their brains, right? I mean, it's an aspect of their body that just shuts down, but they can live not obviously with help, but like they can live without their brain. Like, so yeah, if it's connect, I mean, yeah, I'm interested in that stuff. He gave me all these different things that I I definitely test on my fighters. Um, We have a kid, Gino uh, Castucci, that comes in here. He works for the fighters. He's phenomenal. He's been on my hip this whole time. Great guy, you know. so we, we really focus on everything. Yeah. You know, as far as that strength and conditioning. Because I also look at like when you mentioned footwork before, like I know different fighting, but like I think of like Sugar Sean O'Malley, like how he his last fight knocking that dude out, what it felt like going backwards and still being able to plant his foot and really so he actually did you see the viral um the viral Instagram he had where he was people were trying to mimic that shot. Yeah, no, I did it. No. Oh, it's hysterical. He makes fun of people, everybody trying to mimic his shot, but that's a lot of balance. Yeah. And you know, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one. Yeah. yeah. I have my fighters doing like a lot of salsa dancing because it's a lot of weight shifting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if you think about it, salsa dancing is all you're doing is shifting your weight. And if you can learn how to, you know, when you're in this position, throw that shot. Yeah. Then, you know, that's all weight shifting and balance. 
That's unbelievable. I mean, it's so interesting. I mean, obviously, I'm not, I will talk off here because I'm I'm so curious of what you have your fighters do. But like, I, in my head, I thought that I was like, he probably has him do something that's like really different than maybe other fighters. Will, I mean, other I do them do. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. I am curious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we also you mentioned like when Rogan talked about being from Mefford. I mean, we have Mefford connection. I'm from Mefford as well. So when I heard that, no obviously showing you some love on here. We have. A, connection with the Riordan family. Um I feel oh, like I've been seeing them a ton lately. Oh um, boy. Um in Wilmington. I see them a lot all the time. The whole family. Yeah, yeah. He's my best friend, Scotty. Yeah. Yeah. Scotty's my best friend. I love his you know, I used to go to his parents' house, right? Yeah. He was living in Medford up the street. I'd go to his parents' house and just hang out with his parents because I like them more than him. <laughs> No, his dad, was, I mean, his dad was funny. His dad, I think when I was, like, younger, I want to say I remember, like, 10 or 11, his dad one time in the locker room, like, everybody was, like, leaving the locker room to go on the ice, and he picked me up and hung me up by my pants <laughs> on the hook and just, like, left me in there. So, like, warm-ups went by and, like, Sounds and like a finally town. came and, like, That's a town you know, move. My parents loved it. You know, they thought it was funny. But, uh, yeah, no, every time I see he, him. He was a sick hockey him. player. Yeah, he was. I mean, played at BC. Scotty was, too. Right? Yeah. Play with the Hanson brothers. Play with the Hanson brothers, I think. Yeah, he looks like a Hanson brother. <laughs> he was the fourth one. Um, <laughs> but no, but yeah, I mean, it was funny when we made that connection. I was like, oh, wow. I mean, I played hockey growing up with that family my whole life. So Yeah, that's my best friend. Yeah, that's so funny. Your camera just went back out and then went back in. You know like, why? Because I'm leaning in and leaning back. And oh, back. yeah. Your yeah. You got something there, dude. Your technology is on. It's tapped. It's definitely tapped. <laughs> Um, so, you know, obviously, um, I mean, I, I always joke back then. And I will say this about myself as a fighter or a boxer, if you call it, if they had camera phones when we were kids in helmet Ooh. boxing that happened after hockey practice, I mean, I, I'm not trying to brag, but I was known to with kids. You'd have that strap. You'd have the strap. Lose, they had a headache after helmet boxing me. That was, that was kind of my MO. Like, I I'm not saying it. I won all the time. But you had a headache. You, you were you, you knew what you dealt with. So they left the store with a receipt. <laughs> I mean, I I I yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was small, right? So for me, I think the advantage was like dudes kind of have to throw down at me where I just can get on there and kind of throw very shocked. the uppercut. Your I legs are coming, all your power comes from your legs. Yeah. That's it's why huge. I think people were just like holy smokes, because I think I get them on the first one. And then, we gotta get you in here. I need you to slap around a couple people in here. Get them in line. I mean, if there's helmets, I'm in. Like, I listen. I'll come in and I'll give you a solid round right now. I'm probably in good enough <laughs> to <give> a round. <laughs> probably more than I could give somebody right now. So don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but we're we're also really excited because even when we started covering you, and I know I, I want to show a little love here, and I know that you do too. We first connected as we had one of your, your former fighters on here, Shayna. Yeah, and, and she was unbelievable. We loved her as a guest. She was oh, wow, yeah, and you know, when I seen her on your, your Instagram, like I was like, Holy smokes, this yeah. I'm watching the potential next heavyweight champion of the world here. Like, no Absolutely. joke. Um, lightly, lightly, but lightly. I know you have so much love for her. So I just wanted to kind of throw it your way a little bit too. But yeah, we love her, man. We we love Yeah, her. you know, um Shana has some personal stuff going on right now. Yeah. Um, so you know, she had to step up for her family. Yeah. Nothing but love for Shana. Uh, we do miss her here. She's a she was a big piece over here, a huge piece. 
Um, but we do got nothing but love for her. We all hope she's doing well. She's taking care of herself. You know, she um, taking care of her family and her own personal issues right now. But definitely nothing but love for Shayna. Big piece of the pie here. Um, and definitely could have, you know, lightweight, lightweight. You said heavyweight. I'm going to tell her you said that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know terminology. Uh, I got to get out of your free card there. Camera. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, nothing but love. I hope she's doing well. Um, and, re and, you know, hopefully uh, she gets back in here. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I would love to see her back in there. Training. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll have to, I'll throw this clip at her. I'm going to have to send this to her. Yeah. Show her that we're showing her love. So, um, but you have some awesome events coming up. I mean, we you, do. you like, uh, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but these two events are awesome. I know one of them we're going to be a much bigger part of beyond podcast. And we could talk about that, but I know you have one coming up very soon. I think the Thursday. Yeah. The 12th. Yeah, the 12th right. So go yeah. ahead. Man. I'm going to give you the floor to talk about it. Yeah, no doubt. So it's uh, the Haymakers for Hope. It um, she gives all the money that the lady that runs it's Julie Kelly, former fighter, beast, absolute gorilla. Um, but if you meet her, hey, how are you? Meet, 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 meet. It's like who is this nerd? Yeah. But straight killer, um, and one of the nicest humans, most loyal, honest people you'll ever meet. She runs it, and um. She does a phenomenal job, bro. Like just like when I first went there, right? And I've I, I fought a lot. I looked around and I said, "This is insane!" Like the event that they put on there is just—I feel like I'm in Madison Square Garden, man. Like they do a phenomenal job. Uh, all the money goes to cancer research, okay. you know. And uh, I, I, I love the whole organization, everybody involved in it. It's just phenomenal. We got, we're lucky enough to have a fighter go in there. Uh, we've had three different times that we've been lucky enough and blessed enough to have um, Julie invite us to fight yeah. at her event. So we have three fighters going uh, Thursday the 12th at um, MGM Music Hall right in Fenway, bro. That's unbelievable. Uh, when you said that, when you sent that to me, I was like, oh, wow. What a, what a cool venue to do. It's have. just insane. Yeah. That's a real. I mean, the whole event is just, unbelievable and the cause is really what makes it obviously the cherry on the top you know what i mean if not the whole sunday now a charity like charity fights like this when they're doing matchups i mean are these like still like you matching up for like a regular or, or so charity a little different the, well the way they run it it's actually very sharp it's it's usa boxing sanctioned so like these are official fights they're not it's not like a jose canseco fight you know what i mean right right okay. they're actually real it goes on their record um what they do is they set up sparring for your potential opponent before you actually go into the match to make sure nobody's nobody's overwhelmed or more experienced or anything like that um and then you know if they like the matchups we go if any of the coaches don't like the matchups they let julie know and she adjusts yeah is that common, like sparring, like like that, like to find, or is that just for things like it's, that? It's it's just for. Um, I've only been involved in it with the two okay. charities. You know what I mean? As yeah. far as sparring your opponent before, yeah. Um, but you know, New England's such a small boxing area, and there's so much sparring around that at one point or another, you probably have sparred your opponent. Yeah, not all the time. I mean, you know, but but sometimes them or train. With yeah, them of course. Yeah. Okay. 
it makes sense. I, I ask because yeah, it's just I feel like no matter what sport it is, there are so many parallels that are so similar of like how you look at things, but then there's so things that are so different. You're like, oh wow, like I didn't even think of it like that, you know. And even even for like this, so this event is this the first year that you're a part of this event, or have you been a part no? Of this, this is the third year in a row. Third year in a row. Okay. Yeah. Cool. cool. Okay. Yeah, I love. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I can't even imagine. What's the capacity there? What's the capacity at MGM? Do you know? Oh, bro, I don't know. It's, it's, it's probably it's decent size. I mean, it's got. It, it, yeah, I I really genuinely don't know when I feel yeah. stupid. No, it's, telling yeah, you. it's a huge venue. I I was getting at it's definitely it's definitely a big venue. Be a part of like you said, it does have that vibe of being. Do like, they have walkout songs like big screen of them warming up in the locker room? It's just, yeah. I feel like I'm on a pay per view event. It actually is live streams. That, I mean, that's what's crazy, and you're a part of that. You're, you're. Yeah, I'm lucky. Yeah, day. you're a part of the fighting. I mean, that that is real cool. What's the music that's bumping in your gym? Like, what what type of music are you playing in your gym, or is it just so, kind of everything? It depends on who grabs the Spotify first. Okay. Okay. So, like, my two cousins, who I love to death, yeah. If they grab it, usually you'll get like your Drake, your um, who else does he listen to? Big Big Bunny, Bad Bunny. Yeah, bunny. Yep, yep. Is that it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but they got all that new stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel yeah. old when I walk in. Um, if I walk in and we have a guy here, John Sinelli, I walked in Saturday before our New England tournament. I walked in. He had on Dean Martin. I said, bro, nobody's nobody has Linguini in the background here. Like, yeah, what are right, right. <laughs> Dean? Oh, you gonna work out to me personally? Um, when I was fighting, I liked Latin music because of the beat. It's always that fat, boom, 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 yeah. you know, but I like James Brown. I'm a big James Brown guy. Okay. okay. You know I what I mean? You can work out to James that. Brown, like, but I mix it. Like I can go like nineties hip hop. Yeah. Okay. You know, some Dre, some Biggie. Yeah. I, I can't do this new age stuff. Yeah. Nineties hip hop. I mean, that's like, that's like my soft spot. Like that's what I would be playing. And honestly, any Drake, like I, I think Drake, just has so many songs that you're just like. Oh, but the no. problem is sometimes he goes into those love songs where I'm like, I'm I looking know. at that's Joey, it. cuz, what are we doing here? He spreads it. You know, he, you're like, yeah, I get that. Uh, well, that, you know, honestly, for us, like, we just kind of created, we work with the DJ in Boston who just made a killer, like, list for us. But we're looking to, like, get into high school. So maybe we'll throw it your way. You can hear our mix. but it's Send like, it. Every genre of music, like Dude, that's it, me. That's my yeah, that's my speech. It's, it's so good, and how he mixes and blends songs together is he's talented. So, but that's something we we I find so important. Like even on my Instagram, like I joke, but when someone when someone messaged me being like, "Love the song choice," or "Oh, I love the music you put on here," like I get pumped. Like I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, my yeah, show. Yeah. Like I run the music on here. Like I'm the <laughs> head of music. Like you it's know, like that is a title I take extremely serious on this podcast. Head of music. So, so it's um, funny you bring up music, right? And I know I touched on him before, but my brother said not to keep referring to him like he's the Almighty, but he said to <laughs> pump up music, right? Yeah. He said, you got to listen to music that calms you down yeah. because you get that adrenaline dump. Yeah. When you hear that music going down to, down to the stage, you get you get that adrenaline dump. Yeah. By the time you're ready to go time, your adrenaline's gone. Yeah. Not gone, but depleted. Right. So if you notice, like, Conor McGregor comes down to, like, Sinead O'Connor and, you know, a lot of the Mexicans come down to that, like, Mexican music, like that yeah. chill, 
That's so interesting. That's another like mindset like thing. You yeah. Because I ask that question a lot to athletes on here and coaches. I'm like, what's a song that still gets you juiced up before a big game that you listen to? And that answer is never the same. Like it is. And that's why I love asking it because music is just for some people, right? You listen to people come down the aisle, like, what are they listening to? But for them, it's like, they're in a zone, they're getting amped. Like, you want to hear a story about music? Yeah. You ready for this one, brother? I'm going to make you cripple. (laughs) <laughs> we get a call to go down to the West Virginia to fight in the rough and rowdy, right? Okay. Yeah. I go, All right, here we go. We go down there. People have chainsaws, three teeth, hate the <laughs> northerners for the most part. You know what I mean? So we go down there. I looked at the kid. I go, all right. The guy comes over. All right, what music do you want to come down to? You know what he said? Now, give you the stage. We're in West Virginia fighting a guy from West Virginia mm. with three teeth. He looks at me and goes, Dancing Queen. I went, what did you just say to me? I said, what? I had two of my boys with me, right? They grabbed me. They go, because he can't be serious. I went, oh, my God. If that gets a gap, I mean, what am I going to say? No. Yeah, you can't come down. taking punches. Yeah. But I was like, all right, just cover your heads in case we get stuff whipped at us. Did you? Did you? No, I I knew the crowd would offset the music. Yeah. Because of the crowd that it was. Did he win? Did you fight a win? No. Oh, really? Uh, No. I mean, what a power move that would have been if he won, though. Dancing queen, like, and then knocks the guy out. (laughs) I mean, it's funny. So, like, I see the behind the stage. Like, there's a kid there that was in the backseat. Jacked, ripped up, right? We're in backstage. Yeah. He's legit crying, nervous as, as heck, right? Yeah. And I look at him, I go, bro, what's up? He goes, I didn't know why I signed up for this. And I looked at him, I go, well, just throw punches. Like, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I know him like that, right? Now I've seen, maybe last year I checked on it. He's, I'm not going to say his name, but now he's like, I'm like, bro, I saw you crying in the locker room, dog. Yeah, Stop. come on now. Come, come on, on man. Yeah, come on. But, yeah. I mean, I guess it's all for show, so I get it. Sells yeah. tickets. Do you feel like, I mean, how much, of, I mean, I guess how much of that is true? Like, I look at your guys' Instagram, and obviously you've grown so much. We've talked about it. But how much of it when does a fighter also have to balance becoming so marketable nowadays? Because I don't know the fight game really well, but what I'm seeing in MMA from just following it and watching it as an average fan is just people take their shots on Twitter or take their shots on TV oh. and they get a little bit of mic time to call somebody out or to say something about somebody or to be like, who's this guy that came on the mic and said this after this fight? They're like, like, are you seeing that that is becoming so much more part of boxing as far as not only being able to prove it but to be able to do this a little bit too absolutely i mean yeah. look at look at the big look look at um i mean obviously two of the best ever conor mcgregor and muhammad ali right i mean just look at their marketability i mean you know what i mean and then you look at um even floyd mayweather right yeah before he was money mayweather uh he was pretty boy floyd yeah. and when he fought oscar de la hoya he said I got to make myself the bad guy because Oscar De La Hoya was the golden boy. And when he started marketing himself as that bad boy, you know, F the world type stuff, that's when every, that's when his name really started coming on people's lips. Yeah. 
you know, he was always a phenomenal fighter, but it didn't start really. I mean, obviously his fighting ability and his racket help. I, I, a hundred percent, but he really didn't get on the map until he started chirping. I mean, and I think those two guys that you mentioned too, McGregor and Ali, they talked it, but then they did it. Like McGregor was like, I'm going to knock this guy on one round. And he came out and did it. And you're just like, how do you not love this guy? (laughs) He's big in a manifestation too. Yeah. If you look at the locker room before he knocked out Jose Aldo, he did that exact move that he stepped back, almost similar to um, Sugar uh, Sugar uh, O'Malley. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the same punch that pulled back boom. Yeah. And he just clipped them with it. Is that manifestation? I believe in that. I'm a big, big believer in that. Manifest. Aldo, Aldo kind of caught him too, right? I mean, Aldo. Yeah, they, but it was kind of like he was already on the way down when he caught him. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. It was kind of like he took the steam off them, you know. Yeah, but man, like McGregor, just I feel like during COVID, MMA was like the first thing to really come back. So it was like something that you just—it was the only thing you had to look forward to. Right. Obviously, the storylines oh. were great. Like they were back before any sport by a mile. Like. And they had some monster fights, but that's when I really started going back and watching like McGregor stuff. And I was just like, this guy is unbelievable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but I see like how much money these guys are making. Like, I mean, not really the UFC guys, though. Not not them, but just like in general, like you're seeing in a college sports more now because of an IL deals, like these guys are making a certain amount of money boxing, but I feel like they're making their money, money, like representing a brand or being an ambassador for something. Like I just didn't know if you saw that as a manager that I could see that being, I think absolutely. I think you got to have that ability to chirp, but if my fighters can't chirp, you know, daddy's doing it. Yeah. You know, I'm getting, I can chirp with the best of them. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you do need that. Yeah. I mean, and not always, sometimes, you know, a little bit, sometimes, you know, people say less is more. Right. But I don't, you know, I don't really, in order to really, really put yourself out there, I personally, personally believe you need to chirp. Yeah. And I know people don't like that and X, Y, and Z. If, if it doesn't make you a better fighter, obviously not, yeah. you know, but it does make you more marketable. I yeah. do believe that. Yeah. You know, I, there's, I love it. I love it. Like, put it this way. You know, you ever heard of Joe Kelzaghi? No. Okay. He beat Roy Jones. He's an undefeated fighter. Okay. Quiet as they come, beat Bernard Hopkins. Quiet as they come, doesn't say a word. But nobody knows him because he was a quiet guy, in my opinion. I mean, boxing fans know him. But, I mean, you really don't. But, you know, who Butterbean is, I bet. I mean, would you, would you, how would you categorize Anthony Joshua? Would you say he's in that category? Yeah, I, I personally, yeah, think he's soft. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's what I guess. That's what I I'm kind of getting at. Okay. Like I, that's me. I mean, I love Tyson Fury. Like, look at how he doesn't like the the, the jackets he wears, his outfits. He's so he, marketable. I mean, yeah, so man. Like just pounding booze. Like I yeah. love it. Yeah, I love it. I think. Yeah, I think you need some sort of charisma. Right. If you can't something. You know, you can't be a quiet guy in this sport. Well, that's why I look at Joshua. I mean, you look at Joshua; it's like he was chiseled with by 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 a sculptor. His body's ridiculous. He's big. He looks the part. And then I've seen him fight, and then you see that some of the fights he loses. You just like, 
soft as a grape. This guy just like this guy. He just had it. Like he's the most marketable looking boxer there is, probably in boxing. But he's soft and like can't market. Yeah, I, I see when this is me. I think when somebody looks that good, yeah, they probably have a little help. Right, right. I mean, that's my opinion. Okay. And sometimes okay. a fighter in their head, yeah, they know they have that extra help. So when you go against a guy, hypothetically, like Wilder, who's just a dog, yeah. or you go against a Tyson Fury, who just is a dog, you know, mindset-wise, I'm in trouble. Yeah. I'm in trouble. Like Anthony Joshua, he knows, in my opinion, yeah. that he needs that extra help in order to get to where he is. So that probably does a little bit of a mindset trick on him, in my opinion. Well, let me ask you this. As a, as a trainer, a manager, a boxer... When do you know how quickly in a fight do you know that your box is in trouble? Like what's the <laughs> earliest indication typically that you just wow. So that's so crazy because we brought this up a couple times. I just spoke about the kid robbed the bonus, right? Yeah. He fought a kid at the Golden Gloves. And I know my fighters. Like I know them. We get we get deep. We talk. We have very personal relationships. Within the first 10 seconds, he got clipped with a left hand. My assistant next to me was Larry. That was his name. I grabbed Larry's leg. I go, he's done. He goes, what? I go, he's done. Because I knew he never got hit like that before. And I knew it was going to do a thing to his mind. Yeah. You know? And then the next year, Rob, again, I'm with Shana. And he uh, came out and I said, listen, I need you to fight this way. because he And he's not used to fighting the way I asked him to fight. Yeah. I said, if you do this, we're going to win this effing tournament. Okay. Yeah. He comes out right away, extremely, boom, 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 does exactly what I asked. I looked at her. I go, he's got this in the game. It's, it's done. He's winning this fight. She looked at me, huh? I go, just, he's winning. Yeah. And that, that's more of my connection with my fighters. Just because I know their mannerisms. I know how they think. I know what goes on. And I think that plays a huge aspect in this sport them having trust in me and me knowing their mannerisms and what makes them tick yeah i mean it can be said of like again i know the football world so i'll just throw the comparison out using the football world but like sometimes putting a quarterback in way too early than when they're ready to be put in whether that's at the collegiate level or the professional level or maybe even at the high school level that you know and it takes one game or one series or one play to rattle their confidence forever forever and yeah. I'm sure for you, you mentioned with the fighter, like, right, getting hit hard, being like, and not being able to take that, like, that's a mentality thing of like, man, is this what I, is this how people punch? Like, is this, right. you know, like that starts playing in your head a little bit and maybe you're playing a little bit more defense as opposed to being on the, I don't know. But like, I'm sure that's just the stuff that goes through your head a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I always find that, that that aspect of things really interesting with just overall like kind of like what you think or what your what your reality is with those types of situations i i, I think it i again i just think it's the fighter itself yeah like my cousin won the um we trained him to win the heavyweight title at the golden gloves new england heavyweight title right yeah three three um now a lot of a lot of people get anxiety i myself have thrown up before every single one of my fights and every single one of my fighters fights yeah, I puke. It's almost a joke going on right now. We're like, hey, bro, well, you gotta puke. That, Go. Dude. If you don't puke, well, you know, we gotta. When I went in this thing, yeah. So he's sleeping 
fell asleep. You say he's fight 10, he fell asleep, fight seven in the locker room. I go over to him, I go, cuz, wake up, we're on in three fights. He went like this, legit. Huh? Dude, we're going to knock this kid out. Let me go back to sleep. So I know he ain't getting rattled no matter what. Yeah, yeah. I've seen inspiring him take some rockets. Nothing. Let's go. Yeah. So I know his mannerisms, what's going to make him tick. And so when we're in the corner, I says to him, you're the last Oliver. Yeah. So, you know, before Santino is going to get older and fighting this thing, carry our name out. Let's go. Yeah. He sent it. He sent it. Yeah, dude. It takes that. He sent it. Yeah. And that's great, too, because that's, I mean, that must be even a little bit harder for you. I mean, I, I know coaches do it, but for you, you have different fighters who fight differently, who you train differently, who you have to talk to differently. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you generally talk to them the same, but you know, like, you have to approach people differently in different situations. So everybody's different. So, right, you guys, so here's the way I look at it, right? Yeah. For anybody, male. So where where we have, I'll say eighty five percent female competitors here, right? Yeah. So anybody that wants to step into that ring, you know, you're getting punched in the face. Yeah. Male, female, five year old, six year old. You know you're getting. So you got to be a little off in the noggin in order to step in the ring right away. Right, right, right. So I take that right away as soon as somebody says I want to compete. I said, oh, something's going on in this person's head. Something's wrong. Yeah. And that's obviously including myself. I'm not all there upstairs. <laughs> so, so some people like me getting in their face, F you, slapping them, let's go. Yeah, yeah. And some people you got a massage. Yeah. And neither neither fighter is more talented or more skilled. It's just what makes them tick. Yeah. You know, yeah, and so, I do, it's so interesting because I'm sure that's just it's not that's not easy. Like you you're saying that, but that's not easy to be able to balance all that because that's also a lot for you as a trainer, as a coach, just for people to understand to you, it's probably nothing, but it's because you're good at it. Right. But like, that's a lot to be able to just change your mindset, to be able to talk to this fighter differently than you would talk to this fighter, to get him amped up versus the, like, it's just different. It, it does. But again, and that's kind of where I'm going to double back on. Like I have a phenomenal staff, like my guy right now, Joey, my cousin, yeah. I mean, he's just phenomenal at talking to people. Steven goes over to people. They have like a soothing way. More Steven than Joey. Yo, Joey's more like me. Yeah, yeah. But we all have different approaches. And if our approaches don't work, Katie will do it. If Katie's approach doesn't work, Irene's. Or, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's everybody's a community in here. So the females can either talk to each other. I'll go over there. You know, even like... Um, I'll have Katie because she has a very positive outlook on it. Everything's so happy. Like, no, mm. dude, stop with that shit. Yo. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it works. So, yeah. like, whatever works for that fighter, that's who I'll send over. You know what I mean? Because I can be a little rough around the edges sometimes. I don't give a shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, great. You're doing that. I don't care. This yeah. is a fight. We ain't playing golf. Yeah. We don't got time for this poor me stuff. We're about to fight. And like I, I think about like, it's so funny because the whole reason I lo- I started this podcast is just because part of it is just it used to be such a just focus on coaches and you know now we do athletes we cover teams but the and it's still the heart and soul of it is like focusing on coaching and just hearing how 
coaches adapt and how coaches are and how they educate themselves and how they learn and what they've learned from and their successes. Like, so to hear you say all that stuff, it's just, it's funny because here I am thinking, wow, I haven't really covered boxing that much or know that much about it. But as you hear like the coaching and the thought process, the mentality, it's like, man, coaching really is parallel in so many ways in a lot of sports it's and tough, how you man. approach. It's, it's insane. It's it, it can do a number on me sometimes. Like sometimes I don't realize that I'm in Vietnam until I get in my car on my ride home and say, and I'm exhausted. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't really even do anything physical today. I'm just exhausted. And then it goes in my head. I'll get seven text messages from the fighters. How did I look today? What do you think I need to work on today? And every single one of them, because it is an individual sport for the most part, they all do really need my attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? They have valid reasons to be texting me. It's not like a team sport where you can blame it on the goalie if the defense is bad and say that, you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. It's that you only got you. That's why they call that place the chamber of truth. You cannot hide who you are in there. Yeah. So they do depend on me. And I, you know, they do all deserve my attention, you know, because they're getting in there. They're getting at it. Yeah. And that must be hard to do, too, because if you do have a lot of boxers, I mean, it's hard to give everybody that. You know, I think you're just watching Creed and like him being like, yeah, man, the trainer being like, yeah, I'll give you some time when I can come over here and there, you know, at the very beginning. And I'm like, I wonder if that happens a lot. You know, you know, I think what separates us from a lot, I can't speak for all. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't have the potential to if you don't have skill or potential, you ain't getting time. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're not getting and rightfully time. so. I mean, rightfully so. I Absolutely. Mean, any job, like, right? Like, if someone's just, yeah, you can't, sometimes you can't waste your time when Absolutely. You're trying to build something bigger for yourself. Like, you know, like, one million you know, percent. I just yeah. don't have that in me. Yeah. Like, if I see somebody in here really breaking their ass and they don't have as much skill, that person still deserves, in my opinion, I could be wrong. Yeah. Just as much of attention because. Forget boxing, right? When they go home at night, if they feel better about themselves, that's what I care about more than creating the next world champion. I genuinely mean that. I genuinely mean that on my soul. If I can make somebody feel better and become more confident in life, I'd take that over a world champ 10 out of 10 times a week. But I think that's also why you have success on both ends. Like you can be successful saying that because you genuinely mean that and you do that versus having that mentality or is that a part of your thought process to then be able on the other end to be able to train someone to get them to that elite level to fight for a championship and knowing what it takes, whether you were there personally yourself with a team that you put together to get them there. Like that is why you're able to kind of be on that end of it because you totally respect the person who walks in that could surprise everybody that we judge a book by its cover and holy smokes this person packs a punch or comes in and does decent damage or has a great spar against somebody you wouldn't expect and it's like okay like you know like yeah all because i gave this person a little bit of their time or my time you know like that's says a lot about you as a person i think so i appreciate that bud yeah i appreciate it because i i really not to sound corny or get all corny on you. Yeah. But if you really break it down, boxing is is very symbolic to life. It really is. I mean, like, we all have something going on, right? We do. And we're all in some sort of fight, you know? 
And this is just symbolic that, like, you know, once you get in that ring, I mean, I know we all have family. I understand. But you really, at the end, you got to deal with your problems head on by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to face it and see what see what the cards hold. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's my take on it. And that's why you're successful, though. I mean, let's be real. The, that type of mentality is what makes it. If you separate people that are successful, maybe that aren't as successful, that mentality is it. Like, that's the difference. Like, people say things and they, oh, I do this and I do that. But when you say it versus you doing it, like, the people that do are going to do no matter what. And those little things that they do, those small things that they do that nobody else will do those add up to the big things. I'm like, that's where you get your successes. So I love it. But I, I we've been on here for a bit. I want to plug the other event that we are going to be a part of, which I believe is Sunday, November 5th at Big Night Live. We're honored, Oof. man. I, I, I want to say to our audience, I mean, Danny is literally one of the nicest human beings in the world. We don't know each other personally well. Like I said, we've had our connections of who we know and where we live and even having one of his fighters on. Um, but was just very open to being like, yes, I, I have your ringside. You can come in the locker room, all access, whatever you guys want. And like buying into what we are and what we do and, and, and having that confidence and being like, yeah, sure. And then even has a billboard for the event and through our, you know, helping us out with our logo and, you know, for what we're doing for this event is just such a nice human being. So when I'm hearing him say all this stuff, I'm just like, yeah, like people don't even know what I'm about to say about this dude next, because like you literally are planning a humongous event and an awesome venue. And you've been nothing but kind and nice to us as far as being a part of it. So yeah, I'll give you the floor for that, but thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're um, it's the punch for Parkinson's. Yeah. Did I say that with a real bad Boston accent? I mean, I, I think I, said I think we him. just do. Like even when we try <laughs> not to, I think we do it more. You know, and I said it and I said, "Ooh, that sounded bad." <laughs> the punch for Parkinson's is that better? <laughs> I but, love um, the first way about it, truthfully. But all right, we'll go back. We'll go back. Hold on, <laughs> let me plug back in. But um, yeah, the punch for Parkinson's, November fifth, Big Night Live. Um, the actual event is phenomenal. It's uh, Ryan Roach is holding a great guy. Yeah. We text all day, uh, helps me out so much, helps USA Boxing, helps all of the like the people with uh, Parkinson's disease. What he does is he gives all the money back that he makes, and he puts it into people that have Parkinson's disease. He pays for their training. Wow. Yeah, great guy. Real good. Dude. Great guy. Yeah. Um, we have about 12 fighters going in it. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I I I know he's run this event before. Yeah. I feel like he raffled off like a like an escalator or something like that. Too. Dude, he like, raffles off everything. He's just, you know, he he's got he's a good person, got good personality, yeah. so he can rap, you know. So yeah, the minute he meets somebody right away, they they want to help him. He's one of those type of guys you just want to help. Yeah, I see him at the Cheney's uh Bacala, I'm gonna butcher this, but it's like bacala, bacala. It's some bacala, probably. Yeah, Joe throws it, and I always yeah. see Ryan, and he always goes out of his way and says hello, like a super, super nice guy. So, yeah, a very personable guy. Yeah, um, nice guy. Really, really, really does try to help the community. Those with Parkinson's disease. Yeah, like I said, all the money that he gets from the event. Like we we train a couple um people with Parkinson's disease here, mm-hmm. and he pays for their training with that money that he makes from the organization. 
So it's, it's an awesome event. Like we found it last year. It was phenomenal. Yeah. It was like legit, again, phenomenal. Like yeah. I felt like I was again in like the Bellagio just watching a fight. Like what is going on here? Yeah, overwhelmed. I mean, that that venue is pretty cool. Anyway, so I, I I can imagine that in the work that he does. Obviously, he I'm sure, like you said, it just it, it looks amazing. But you know, we're excited. I mean, for us, we're starting to get all the camera stuff for like our high school coverage, and we're just like, man, there is just so much we can do with this stuff. And so we just purchased another thing that like follows people that move, and like so I'm starting to really get into like this kind of like my iPad. I mean, uh, listen, <laughs> I might have to talk to you about this after. This is unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, we purchased something. It's like you put it on your lens and, you know, because we catch such good clips sometimes, but then we miss like a small clip of it because you're trying to catch it while they're moving. In certain sports, it's like it happens so fast that sometimes you just yeah. move the camera and you might go too fast by it for a second before you slow it down. Or sometimes you go too slow and you kind of miss it. So it's like this is a like a motion thing that like helps you out. So I'm, I'm hoping by November 5th, we will be high tech. Come on, bro. Have that thing on blast. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go. We do a lot. I mean, we do a lot of cool stuff with like the hookups to your phones for like microphones and talk. I mean, the sound that thing, those things pick up really crazy fun. You want me to get mic'd up for you? I'll get mic'd up for you. So you can really hear me curse. We could, we could definitely, (laughs) I bet you, Oh my God. I'd love to mic you up. Oh, we'd get, I don't know. That would have to be a, that would be a Rogan podcast. Not here. That would be, yeah, we would, we would call it like beyond censored or something like that. Or like (laughs) beyond after dark. And we just, we only put it on our like story at like midnight. (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. Um, no, but you know, I, but, but in all seriousness too. Yeah. Like I am genuinely interested in seeing you coach. Like I love to come down to your spot sometime and let's plug your spot for a second. I, we talked about it, but where's it located? Tell everybody here, where are you at? Where's your spot? Tell everybody. I mean, I'm in Middleton mass right on one fourteen, And I know coming from Medford people are like, huh? What? So what I'm going to say is, when they're Richardson's ice cream. I was just going to say mini golfing and batting cages. Come on. Yeah. We're right up the street. So like, you know, it's funny when I first came here, right? Yeah. In my head, I thought it was just going to be like, you know, a little workout facility because in my head and I was obviously completely wrong. I was like, how many fighters are really going to come out of Middleton? You know what I mean? This area, it's not really a rough and tumble neighborhood. It's, you know, they're the little upscale over here. Yeah. And I was wrong. I was going to say, you got some, like, farmer boys coming in here. I'm sure that. Just, I was wrong. Geez. Yeah, they tip cows for workouts out there. Yeah. <laughs> they tip cows. <laughs> but, no, we have some. And, again, the females that come in here, I think females actually work out hotter than males, to be honest with you. Yeah. They do. I mean, from my experience. I mean, it's so funny you say that because I I say this, like, all the time in coaching when I've coached, I think I coached two years total of girl sports versus like 15 years of boy sports. And when people ask me, I say girls listen a lot more than boys. do. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, I don't even think, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you have your outlier, but for yeah. the most part, I think females, they, I, in my opinion, no disrespect guys. Yeah. I think they work harder. I think they're more disciplined. Yeah. And, and, and I think they listen better. I, I really truly believe that. Yeah. And even like my fifth grade class last year, I had 20 kids and I think I had 13 girls and seven boys. 
And it was like, like everyone's like, oh, you got a lot of girls. I'm like, oh, I take like 20 girls. Like they listen. They don't, you don't have to tell them to be quiet more than like once. Like you ask them to do something. They're great. They always want to help you clean up your desk or clean up. You're like, yeah, sure. No problem. Like, you yeah. know, like, oh, they just so much easier sometimes. They just like teach uh, and everything. So, yeah. I didn't say easier. I said, <laughs> I didn't say easier. I'm referring say- just to the coaching and teaching aspect of it. Well, right. yes, okay. I'll leave it okay. down. <laughs> that is true too. What you just said, by the way. Um, but we'll get back to it. But um, so obviously, yeah. So you're, I mean, you're a spot, like I said on Instagram. So, and I'll and I'll kind of we'll we'll end it more on this type of conversation. But obviously, I'm so interested. So this is me as a fan asking a little bit. We alluded to your social media kind of like popping and really growing. Yeah. For you, how much of a of a just for people out there? Because I talk about this for programs all the time. How much of it is like a tool and a weapon? Do you really use your social media for as far as your business goes and growing at? Ninety percent. Yeah. Like when I first started, I'll say this. When I first started, I'll say 90%. I think it's just the way of the world nowadays, social media. I mean, there's, there's not even a maybe, it's a fact. Yeah. Um, but I think now we're more 50-50. I mean, as far as business, I think because we have so much talent in this gym and people do feed into their like a real family environment here, I think that word spreads quick. Yeah. And then I think because of the level of talent that we have trained, I think people are like, wow, I want to go there. And it kind of feeds into the whole system. And then you can promote those people on the Instagram. So it's kind of like a two-headed sword. You know what I mean? Yeah. Double, yeah. Double-sided sword. Yeah. And so for me, like, that's like, it's because I look at yours and I see that. Like, I see, like, the reels or the seriousness of, like, the boxing aspect of it. And then the joking around and laughing on the story or like <laughs> a lot of ball breaking going on in this gym. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's like what's so important that social media does allow you to show off that you wouldn't get from other places. Like there's some coaches that we've had on and they've been very successful without social media. So I'm not saying that is whatever, but right. I think, as far as nowadays with sports, oh, business numbers though. are dwindling, like kids go to private schools, they go to prep schools, they leave you. If you're not showing off what your program looks like at the high school level in some aspect, then you're giving no one an opportunity to see any of your players, see anything about you, see right. weight room, what you do at practice, what your record is, player of the week. Like you're not allowing anyone to see that stuff. So I asked you that because I was like, this guy, he has to be like all in on social media just because of his growth and just because of what I've seen. I think, I think it's like what you were just saying. They offset each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then, and then every post or reel I'll make, I'll usually throw some sort of money to promote it, to spread it. You know what I mean? Like some sort of promotion. Like it depends on the post and the reel. Like say if we have a, like Rob just won the big title, right. Or a punch or Parkinson's disease. On the event or the haymakers event, I'll throw five hundred on a promotion on that one post, just 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 to rocket it out there. Yeah, it's you know what I mean. We were doing that. We dabbled in that with some of our posts, you know, because we felt like we post so much that at times we were just like, all right, let's something that's like really good that we know is a message that we can get out there. Because sometimes trailers, you know, it's it's hard because like 
I love I pick certain trailers because I'm just like I love this part of the conversation, but that's not what an audience might look at and think is great. But I know like man, so sometimes I have to get better, and I I've learned for myself like you got to pick a clip that's going to catch and people are either going to laugh at or be genuinely interested quick, not something that you personally, I mean, it's great, but it's not like what is, but that's like saying you don't have taste. Right. I mean, that's no, tough, no, no. You, right? taste, like, Look at, you have me on your show. You obviously have great taste. I mean, the way you dress alone. I mean, any, any clip <laughs> I put on there, I mean, I'm going to tag Gucci in it. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get so much crap for that. Right. No, man. I mean, I think you should show it off. Like I, I say that to people all the time. Like, like anytime someone tells me something about themselves or what they're doing, whatever, I'm just always like, yeah, man, do your thing. Like, you know, who cares? Like, do your thing. Like, I say that to so. Like, I've thought about putting this that saying on the back of a Beyond T-shirt because I feel like I say that so much to people. Like, yeah, just do your thing. Who cares? Like, do your thing, dude. Who cares? You're obviously winning fights. Your gym is successful. You're growing. You're you're partnering up with the right people, becoming a part of huge events. Like, yeah, yeah. wear Gucci every day if you want to show it off. Who cares? <laughs> like, people will know who you are that much more. The marketability aspect of who you are. Like, and then I'll stop training that wears Gucci right? and has champions. Like, <laughs> you know, he's a he, he's a real interesting character. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I we, and we're honored. Like, I really appreciate you. Like wanting us to be a part of this event like opening the door for us to be a part of this event like this is something for us that like we on, a, on we work with the doug flutie jr foundation for kids with autism oh, wow. so we understand like having a cause and, and i see what you know what ryan does on his instagram with how he trains people with parkinson's and i watch those yeah. videos and sometimes repeatedly even shorter ones like i catch myself watching it like two or three times because i pay attention to different aspects of it Every time they'd be like, wow, this guy, like, man. yeah, he really so, cares. So to be a part of that and obviously getting to know you and seeing what you're doing, like, yeah, for us, this is just like another way we can help promote you guys and what you do and the work that you put into to your trade and what you love. And yeah, we can just get to be there. It's cool. So yeah, gonna be, it's going to be, it's going to be a real sick event. It always is. Yeah. It always is. They do a phenomenal job. Yeah, and we'll be, we'll be, I'll be dressed up nice. I mean, beyond, I mean, I might have to get Gucci beyond suit. I mean, listen, if, you, if you're sponsored, you I'll might be sponsored by Gucci by then. <laughs> I will listen, I will look and get some Gucci. I mean, I might have to get some at a flea market that says like Moochie or something like that. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll Outside get some. The G's going all the different ways. <laughs> Um, but I want to thank you for coming on here today. I think obviously we could, I mean, and we talked about this off here, just so everybody knows here, this guy is a phenomenal fighter himself, was a phenomenal fighter. I could, we could have a whole podcast on, on him alone. Um, but he really wanted to focus on his fighters and his events. And, uh, so it just shows you that much more of who he is as a person. But let me tell you, we just talked to one hell of a boxer today and we didn't talk one thing about it. So I, I will say this, that at some point, I would in all seriousness love to have you come back on and definitely talk about it. I mean, I think a lot of people could learn from you, what you've put in then obviously now on the other side of it and seeing things differently that you maybe didn't see as a fighter before. Um, yeah, I think that would be absolutely podcast, man. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely set that. What up. are you doing tonight? What are you doing? What do you got going on? What are you going to do after we hang up? Uh, work right on this episode. Truthfully, my brother, I'm going home. 
going to listen to some chasing cars by snow patrol and pass out. <laughs> no, I mean, I get right to work on this. You guys get your event Thursday. So I want to get this out there before then get a, some, you know, cut up some fun clips and, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm right to work, man. I love this stuff. So um, much love, we, brother. Yeah, we appreciate it. We appreciate you giving us the time, and uh, we really look forward to. I mean, the billboard. I'm looking forward to that. Oh my god, it's gonna be right uh, above Red's Tavern. Where is it? Right above Red's Tavern on Route One, right at right Santopio's, right after Santopio's on Route One. Cool. Okay, I'm gonna park myself out there, and I'm not even kidding. And I'm literally yeah, gonna get a picture just like that, homie. I'm going to be like, you ever watch Entourage? Absolutely. You know, Johnny Drama is like below his five town sign. Like, I'm, <laughs> that's going to be me. Like, <laughs> and I'll be like Turtle right next to you. <laughs> I'll look like Turtle. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, listen, this was a blast, man. I, again, I really appreciate it. Anything you need from us, like, even going down the like further, like fighters, like big fights. If you guys are posting things on your story, like Instagram, tag us in it like we will throw whatever no you doubt out there just tell us and we'll do it you know just it's never a bother so just send it to me and i i know to send it and put it right on a story so all right um, my brother all right much love Thank all you right guys so from beyond podcast i'm your host anthony petrellis uh we got a big football week coming up we're at malden high school this week next week we got a double header we're at arlington we're at kip academy so we football coverage in october for us is is about to pick up and playoff seasons right around the corner. And we got some teams already uh, reaching out for some possible home playoff games. So we're really excited to be a part of the MIAA, which seems going to be a fun tournament this year with some real good balance across the board. So excited for that. We got a lot coming out. Pay attention to our social media. Danny's episode will be out very soon. All right, guys, till next time.